Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. For anyone who's new, Flex, do you want to give a brief little intro to those who might be new to the podcast? Wow, new listeners. Where did you come from? <laughs> I know, My actually, name... please tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Go to our Facebook group. It's called Bobo and Flex. Beware. <laughs> Don't Caution. say beware. <laughs> Go at your own risk, bitch. <laughs> How can you say beware? I'm just here for a good time (laughs) everything's a joke (laughs) my name is Flex my name is also Lillian sometimes Lil I am 26 though I've been feeling mentally 27 for a couple of months now which is not great because it's giving me this sense of um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I'm running out of time. Like I'm really? not living presently. I'm like, I'm feeling older than I am, which is not good because then I'm making decisions. Like I don't have more time. What's a year oh. during the apocalypse? Um, <laughs> I see. Uh, okay. Here's my star sign. So you don't have to guess it <laughs> because you'll get that wrong anyway. <laughs> I am an Aries sun. An Aquarius moon, a Pisces rising, Pisces Mars, Pisces Mercury. Bitch! <laughs> Why so much Pisces? Taurus Venus. I'm a soft bitch. Let me be soft. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm this is sensitive. why you've been feeling so much. Aww, a <laughs> little Pisces. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna send you a care package just for being a Pisces. Because well, I need the induction. Being a water sign is intense. Yeah. I'm like, how you will cry this much? <laughs> um, so, okay, that's some stuff. I like eating hot chips, aka fries, every day. Oh, I why really do you like, call them hot chips? Oh, this is what they're called here, just hot chips. Oh, interesting. I've never heard you know, that phrase. You don't know that? No, this I've literally never saying. heard of hot chips. Everybody <laughs> else in the whole, as, let's say Australians especially, have to be so um, well vo- well versed in cultures outside of their own because if we're not, nobody will understand how we live. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. We just naturally know to translate based on who we're speaking to, but it doesn't work the other way around. Facts, yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, my favorite juice at the moment is golden passion fruit, which is apparently um, the box says the okay the ingredients say reconstituted fruit juice, apple or pear. And that's odd. <laughs> mm. Which one is it? Who knows? 
pineapple and passion fruit. So that's what I'm into recently. Um, and I just mm. finished watching on Netflix, The Winx Club. Have, did you watch that when you were younger? I don't know if that was a, I didn't. a cartoon I didn't. that you had or if it's in, I think we watched in Australia. Just think about fairies, which I found Is fascinating good? because, ah, uh, I don't know. No, I wouldn't say it's good. It's very much <laughs> yeah. teen fiction, kind of like teen wolf, gossip girl, Riverdale um, vibes. Like it's not, yeah. it's not like something that I would recommend. However, I thought it was fascinating because it was talking about fairies and recently I've been on fairy TikTok. That's a thing? That's um, a whole thing. Let me get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So type in both like F-A-I-R-Y on TikTok yeah. and also F-A-E-R-I-E. I'm um, actually doing and be this ready now. to be educated. There's so much I don't know. Um, are fairies real? Like, are they real things like aliens? Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, wow. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to waste my entire night. Everything's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Pisces coming through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fascinating. Again, it's just like alien TikTok. You would assume... I mean, I definitely was expecting a certain stereotype of person um, to believe in something like a fairy and what mm. I'm discovering, if it, it's not that at all, even what I thought a fairy was, the types of fairies, what they exist to do, um, how they intersect with spirituality, which is, I'm no expert. So it's something to Google. Bye bye. Tell yeah. me about yourself. I'm ready. Um, so now I'm currently on fairy TikTok. Uh, I'm Bobo. I am. Let me tell you my chart, bitch. <laughs> I am a Gemini sun. I'm I'm an Aries moon. I'm a Gemini rising. I'm a Cancer Mercury. Yeah, my Mercury's in Cancer. My Venus is in Taurus. That's and sweet. I know we have the same Venus. I love that, that for makes us. Sense. Yeah. This is why we can't do episodes on dating and relationships anymore because we're just coming at, at it from the same angle and everyone's like, Yeah, we just insane. agree. <laughs> and we're like, we don't care. We just want to sit at home and <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to eat and be cuddled. Thank you. <laughs> literally, literally. My Mars is in Leo. Um, I forgot what the rest of my my planets are, but there was quite a lot of fire from what I recall. Um, and that's that's my chart. I love aliens. I I'm convinced that they've arrived actually. I think I think in 2020, so before 2020, the aliens were still on their planets monitoring us. And then towards the end of 2020, they arrived on this planet. And now they're like meddling, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. And that's me, your favorite Gemini. Quick side note, two quick side notes. The first mm. is, if you look at our chart, my chart, I have so much water and so much air in my chart. And you mm. have so much fire in yours. Yeah. But everyone thinks that I'm the fiery bitch <laughs> purely because of my airy sun. And they don't see yeah. the softness. And everybody sees your softness and they don't see the fire. Bobo I will know. kill you. 
I wouldn't save you, but I wouldn't actively kill you either. <laughs> Would I watch you die? Absolutely. Would I turn Bobo in? Never. But I wouldn't kill Aww. you. <laughs> Wait, I'm so flattered. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah i think it is really interesting actually that like you've been branded the turbo bitch i think mm-hmm. it also just has to do with the fact that you speak very quickly and i speak mm-hmm. very slowly and so Definitely. like the connotations of that are like oh the slow bitch she's yeah so there's a, there's just like connotations attached to that but it's also really interesting It'd be yeah Wait, were we supposed to do the Jahari window? Is that what it's called? <gasps> should we do it? I think we yeah. should do it. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently side that's about is, perception. Okay, let me grab a pen and paper. But before I do that, um, mm. on TikTok, Alien TikTok, they, they're they saying that the CIA has released these documents. I don't know if they've been – yeah, they were released by the CIA – um, yeah. that confirms that there has been alien interaction with like the CIA and the aliens and that Bitch. they agreed to um, just be observers in our environment and they've agreed oh my God. not to be harmful. <laughs> There's all this stuff happening. And then I haven't researched it because I'm not interested in learning um, about stuff right now (laughs) yeah i need to create but yeah i also came across this thing what's it called i'm looking at my tab sorry to see if i can find it because i think you might want to google it in your spare time yeah i need to know everything about the aliens the grabovoi so g-r-a-b-o-v-o-i healing Mm -hmm. numbers and basically Apparently, this is something like the aliens gave the CIA. Do not quote me on this. I was half listening, half reading. But basically, each human ailment (coughs) has an associated code that you can use to rid yourself of that ailment. No. And there's a whole list. Wait, I'm freaking out. So basically, like, let's say you have a headache. The code might be 124576. So you would write the code on a piece of paper or something and you place that code in an area where it can have close contact with the area that needs healing. So maybe you'd place it on your pillow as you go to sleep. Oh, um, and it's meant to my you. God. And Wait, okay, so I'm... No, okay, go on. I'm just reading it. an article about it. Yeah, it says that... Um, it's created by this guy some named guy, Grigory right? Grabovoy. Yeah, mm. some Russian guy um, who is a Russian psychic who claims the ability to abolish death, resurrect the dead, cure cancer and AIDS, teleport and pinpoint and resolve at distance mechanical and electronic problems on airplanes, space stations, atomic electric power stations, and any other technical constructions. He discusses his abilities in his three-volume book, The Practice of Control, The Way to Salvation. Wait, I'm actually screaming. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. But people are saying this this Grabovoy code thing is intertwined with the alien thing. And the oh. CIA thing. 
I'm not sure how. I'm not sure why. Um, Wait, is this Grabber Boy guy still alive? I've got no idea, babes. <clears throat> I'm here. Look, retaining information. I got to see it and read it a few times. This is something that I put in my tabs for a rainy day. I haven't haven't mm. Googled. Um, but then also, you know how, for instance, when we talk about, not when we, but when people talk about conspiracy theories and they yeah. will bring up like reptile people, but then we soon discover that uh, the reptile people, the snake people is, you know, really rooted in anti-Semitism. Well, this alien... Oh, is it? Yeah, babe. I didn't even know that. I'll definitely Google it. This alien coming to Earth thing, they say that the alien species on Earth at the moment is the Nordic tribe, which look exactly like Nordic people. Um, Mm. So they've been able to disguise themselves quite seamlessly. So tall, thin, blonde, blah, 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 blah. But then yeah. you start to Google and you're like, is this about to be some anti-Nordic shit? You know, are we, <laughs> yeah, are we just targeting yeah. groups of people who like us, um, like, how do I phrase it? Who aren't the majority, who live in like a distant land, who we can't have access right. to, to deem whether or not they're real. Kind of like when people say Australia isn't real because the majority of the world hasn't been to Australia. They haven't seen Australia. That's Wait, a big that's conspiracy. A yes, babe. but like how do you have a conspiracy theory that's conspiracy what do you mean Mm -hmm. how is that even a thing how do you have a blatantly wrong conspiracy theory like i mean how do we even know if it's real anyway i mean we just assume we're in (laughs) australia i don't know (laughs) i think i'm here (laughs) yeah how you could just be (laughs) yeah yeah Something I've been wondering lately because everything's been so absurd with like, like this Reddit Wall Street stuff and like the insurrection and like a new cryptocurrency that's literally a meme. I was like, are we dead? Like, are we all just dead right now? And we're just like in an alternate reality right now because why is everything so weird? Like, I feel like after 2016, reality just got really weird, really quickly. So it could either be that the alien that's controlling our simulation just accidentally like clicked on the wrong button or like his cat sat on a button that skewed everything towards absurdism and it's just compounding every single year. Or like we just died, like we're all, like we all are just not here like do you ever wonder i mean i've come to i've decided that i don't mind either way yeah because if we were to find out today tonight yeah uh, that we had all in fact died in 2012 something about the mind calendar (laughs) then so be it then Mm. i don't have to worry about dying (laughs) that's fantastic uh and then if we find out that this is a simulation and i'm a little avatar and someone's controlling my movement again. Fantastic. What does that change? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, nothing because, has changed. You know, then it kind of just validates all the bizarre things that you experience. It validates the absurdity of what it is to be alive. It takes the pressure mm. off. It's this idea of feeling as though you're a whole real person and there are consequences for your actions and you are living on borrowed time and there'll be a time where you cease to exist. That to me sounds so stressful and I actually yeah. hate it. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's ghetto. Uh, this is this podcast called Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. It's like fun. Yeah. It's these three guys who consider themselves to be super rag- radical. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Rational, logical. I like radical better. <laughs> no, I like radical. Let's let's do that. We're, no, we're going with radical. To be like radical <laughs> skeptics who talk about yeah. conspiracy theories in every episode, but not necessarily just the ones that have defined names. But they'll talk mm. about everything from exorcisms to serial killers to all sorts of stuff. Um, but their approach is really fascinating because they're science based dudes, very much like white guys who believe in science vibes. So yeah. seeing how they um, approach these topics, uh, these paranormal topics is very interesting. But they have this segment called Listener Mail where listeners uh, send a voice memo and offer them topics to discuss. And this one guy, after hearing the episode on near-death experiences, was telling them about the time that he died. And he was uh, going hiking in a very cold climate and he basically, there was a blizzard, he got stuck where he was um, and could feel himself running out of oxygen, couldn't breathe and then everything went black. And then he wakes up in a hospital um, with no recollection of how he got there and the nurse and the doctor proceeds to tell him that he actually died for 14 minutes um, and oh my that they God. had tried to resuscitate him. It wasn't working and it's just so bizarre that he's come to life again. Um, and so this guy is like, what the hell? Like I fully just died. And the nurse and doctor's like, yeah, like mate, you died. Like you totally, you were out. You what were not fuck? alive. So he was reflecting on what he remembers from his death, not even near death experience, his actual death. And man Mm. said that there was nothing, no light. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh my God. No (laughs) light. Don't tell me this. No memories, no thought, (gasps) just nothing. Sleep. Just vibes. Vibes. No thoughts, just vibes. And he said, that in the moment when he was dying, when he could feel yeah. his organs failing him, where he could feel himself running out of oxygen, where he could feel the lightheadedness, he felt kind of an absence, but it also he couldn't necessarily discern between that absence being an absence of thought, an absence of life, or just an acceptance of his current state. Yeah. Oh, you wow. Know? Because he was like, in those yeah. moments when he thought he was dying and he was really actually dying, he kind of felt like a bit indifferent. Like, okay, I guess this is just it. He doesn't actually remember like dying, but he does remember like fading to black. So he could have fainted in that Mm. moment and then died. He doesn't know. And he can't recall anything. Yeah. But he said since that event, which happened a couple of years ago for him, or maybe a decade, he, he's been trying to figure out why he didn't experience anything. So he's been studying a bunch of Mm. near death experiences, death experiences, and also um, using drugs like acid and stuff and DMT and all those things to try and revisit the place where he thinks he should have been visiting because he regarded himself as a skeptic as well. A radical skeptic did not really foresee, um, anything happening to him after death, no afterlife or anything. 
But because his experience contrasted so many other documented experiences, well, now man seems like he's missed out on something. He's like, I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to see what I didn't get to Interesting. see. Interesting. It was hectic, right? Yeah. But what if that... It- but see, it's also this assumption that when we die, we all go to the same mm. place. Like, why would that be the case? You know, like, why would all 8 billion of us have the same experience of death? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know? Either way, it's hectic. I mean, but then yeah. to pick, um, so then the hosts were saying there was one host who was saying maybe he didn't actually die. Um, he says that there have been instances where the human body is in such extreme trauma that it goes into a hibernation. And um, it's been debated whether or not humans can actually hibernate. Like, can you sort of like shut down your body for a period of time to conserve what little life you have Mm. left and be woken up? And studies have shown that is actually possible. It's rare and it's only under very extreme conditions. But from from where it's been researched, it usually happens in cases of hypothermia, which is what this guy had. So then the host is saying, saying like, not to invalidate your experience. Maybe you didn't actually die and therefore you didn't go to the place where people say they go. Maybe yeah. you just hibernated. Of course, I'm sure this guy doesn't want to hear that he didn't actually die when he's been basing his whole life on the fact that he died for 14 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was very interesting. No, that that actually reminds me of this story. I think I read it in an article or I saw it in a documentary where this guy basically he tried to kill himself so he jumped into a river and someone caught someone saw him and so they went and they fished him out but during that time when he jumped in he apparently died for a while and then when he woke similar to this guy in this story he woke up in a hospital and was but he knew that he died he woke up and was like holy shit i literally died and came back to life and his experience of dying was like no there was a light and it felt so warm and so like it was just the most peace I've ever experienced ever. It's just like the most compelling, warm light that just feels like a hug. And yeah, you're just like sinking towards the light. And then as soon as I got into the light, I like woke up in this hospital and there's a debate about like whether that was all just like DMT going off mm. in his brain or whether that was genuinely just like that is the experience of drifting off into death. And I know there's this other woman who wrote a book about her near death experience where she actually died and then she says she went to heaven and then she came back to life to tell the story. That's the story I'm the most skeptical of because I don't think I believe in the idea mm. of heaven. Just feels a little um, like she's trying to convert people to Christianity. Mm-hmm. But 
From all the near-death experiences I have read or heard about, there has been this idea of like a light and a light that is very like warm and peaceful. And something that I always think about is like, if dying feels so peaceful and so warm, is this experience that we're having that's so full of chaos and suffering, like, is this hell? Mm. You know? I wonder. Who cares? as the ancients say. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, uh, I don't know when I had this thought, but I was speaking to Grace the other day. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Grace is my soulmate, but we'll get into that never. Yeah. But I was saying, (laughs) I, I asked people this question, right? And the question is, if you saw something so bizarre so otherworldly that you could not explain it, Mm. but you know for a fact you saw it. Would you tell anyone? And I'm talking like you saw, you were standing outside of your house waiting for an Uber and you saw a whole man levitating and he looked at you and he blew you a kiss. He said your name. He said, wait for me. (laughs) And he just flew off. You're lucid. You're sober. You know you saw it. Would you go and tell anyone? And the answer to me doesn't, I, like, I don't know what I discern from the answer I hear from someone, but I know for a fact I wouldn't tell anyone who would make me have to justify it to them. And a big thing I struggle with, with yeah, all of these stories yeah. about experiencing bizarre, unexplainable things is that in the process of trying to convince people that it happened, it almost... Like it invalidates the experience. Just experience it and go. Because mm. you don't you don't have enough vocabulary, yeah. enough legitimacy, enough credibility to let people know that it happened. So don't stress yourself out. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just enjoy <laughs> yeah. that it happened. Wait, but okay. Can I of add course. a follow-up question to your question? If you saw something extremely bizarre, like this is just extremely bizarre but also it opened up a new world of knowledge or awareness that you didn't have before and you personally felt that like if I shared this knowledge this would change so many people's lives for the better let's say like a Mm -hmm. giant (laughs) jellyfish broke into your house one night and started (laughs) belly rocking (laughs) (laughs) So there's a giant jellyfish Millie rocking in your bedroom and this jellyfish tells you that the secret to end all suffering is to burn two almonds and to drink the ashes of the almonds with a blade of grass. And that like if everyone does that one thing before the end of the year, all human suffering will end. Like if that happened and then the, the jellyfish Ew. just rolled out the window and went back, <laughs> back to outer space <laughs> with their jellyfish brethren. <laughs> if that happened to you, are you telling and you at the jellyfish is like, bitch, if you don't tell everyone you are responsible for the mass suffering that will continue to ensue, like it is your job now to spread the good no, word. Are you telling people? Am I on payroll? <laughs> Jellyfish? No. <Nine. laughs> 
She said, not for free, bitch. Jellyfish is doing the round. Jellyfish is part of Jehovah's Witness going door to door telling this story. I'm screaming. There could be more than one (laughs) messenger. (laughs) I'm good. I'm not interested. Yeah. Because I don't doubt there have been tons of people. That's so interesting. Who have regarded themselves as knowing information that's critical to humans and have been branded crazy, insane, whatever, what have you. I'm not interested. I'm really not interested. I'm going through enough. Mm. <laughs> I just don't, I don't see, <laughs> I just cannot picture an existence where me, a person who for all intents and purposes is not considered credible or objectively credible by anyone who'd ever come in contact with me, who now has this information that's already yeah. hard to, um, like hard to stomach And now you expect me to have to find the right words to connect and explain this already confusing. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not interested. Like people won't even believe scientists to say, wear a simple mask. Wear some cloth (laughs) over your face so you don't have respiratory issues and kill the people next to you. And people are talking about human rights. No, I'm not doing it. Burning almonds. They're not doing it. I'm not doing No. We were suffering yesterday. We'll <laughs> suffer tomorrow. <laughs> I don't see the problem. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm on the floor. Have you read that book, Conversations with God? No. Or like heard about it? Basically, so what happens is there's this guy. He's still alive, actually. Um, this guy, what's his name again? Neil Donald Walsh. So... He writes a book and, and it's called Conversations with God. And in it, he says that one day he was at home and his life was just so shitty. Like he was broke as shit. Uh, his wife was tired of him. He couldn't provide for his family. He was living paycheck to paycheck. He was basically homeless and just as miserable. So one day he's at home and he's just at his wit's end and he's like, God, what the fuck? Why am I suffering so much? He's basically, you know, that meme of um, Homer Simpson's dad yelling at the sky. He's basically that meme, like just (laughs) yelling at God, like, God, what the fuck are you doing to me? And so then he says he hears a response like God actually responds to him. And he starts to write down everything that God, and it just turns into this conversation where he's like, God, why am I suffering? And God is like, you're suffering because you're on a spiritual journey and, 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 and. Then he's like, why am I on the spiritual journey? So he keeps asking God these questions. Um, and he says it's just a voice, like just a voice in his room that just compelled him to write all of these answers. And he had this conversation for maybe like three months with God he claims and he wrote all the answers down and God was like it's on you to publish this as a book and to spread the good word like spread the knowledge spread Mm. everything that you've learned I've told you the secrets about the meaning of life I told you why humans are here I told you how to find meaning and purpose and happiness I've given you all the tools fam I've told you about manifestation, bitch, it's on you to, you are the messenger, go and spread the good word, you've written everything down, 
And this guy's like, what? I'm just a nobody. I don't have a publisher. And God is just like, just fucking do it. Figure it out. <laughs> and <laughs> essentially, I'm paraphrasing. So he writes this book and he becomes a world, a world selling. Yeah, it just becomes like a best selling book. Oh, this is a real story? Yeah, this is, I literally have the book in my, like someone bought this book for me. Like he's still alive. You can literally YouTube him. Yeah. So he writes this book. Because this is fascinating. Yeah. I literally, there's three, there's three volumes even. Um, I'm going to post a picture of it on my Instagram story for anyone who's interested. So yeah, he writes this book. It becomes a best-selling book. And that to him is confirmation that this is truly his purpose. Like, because if Mm. it wasn't, then this wouldn't be working. But this is the thing that has pulled him out of poverty. It has given his life meaning and purpose. It's brought, yeah, it's just brought joy to so many people's lives. So he's like, no, like God came to me. He told me I'm a messenger. He told me what the message is. And he said, bitch, go do it. And well, bitch, you should have told I me the jellyfish it. had incentives. <laughs> you told me a stranger came into my house and put me to work. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just screaming at the idea of you just being like, bitch, no, not for free to a celestial jellyfish. Let's do a contract. (laughs) Who you know? (laughs) Honestly, the whole time you were speaking, I thought um, you were recounting like fiction because I remember reading this book um, when I was younger. So I would say in high school, I was a Mm. bookworm. Like I would be reading a book every single day to the point where I'm really quite saddened by the fact that as an adult, like the process of me reading is buying a new book, reading 30 pages, putting it down, never reading it again. Yeah. But in this time, I remember reading this book, like my genre was sci-fi and erotica, nothing else. So the fact that I read this book in particular was just really off brand. However, it's called the Screw Tape Letters. Have you heard of it? No, I've never heard of it. What is it? It's by C.S. Lewis. I don't even know how I came across it. Maybe me being in the yeah. forums when I was younger. But essentially, I mean, I'm going to butcher it. So if you've read it, don't come for me. Just, you know, take it with a grain <laughs> yeah. of salt. Basically, it's from the perspective of a devil, the devil, a devil, no, a devil, mm, trying yeah. to essentially mentor and train his nephew a novice devil on how to essentially excel at the damnation of human beings and like Mm. his, his particular human that he had to ensure um, did the bad thing. And basically you have this novice devil talking to this head (coughs) devil and trying to ask him, well, why do we do things a certain way? And why are humans like this? And you know, why like my human's already struggling so much like why does he know why can't he just do what's right for him and main devil's like bitch don't worry like this is what we're here to do you know (laughs) yeah suffering they'll find graces good graces like just do what i say and it was so fascinating because i guess i was coming out of my like 
going to church all the time to not going to church all the time phase. So I thought it was the most fascinating thing ever. Like hearing a book written from the perspective of a devil who thought that the work they were doing was justified and necessary. I wonder how Mm. it would read right now as an adult. But the point is it rates pretty well. Like it gets a five out of five on Booktopia, a 4.2 out of five on Goodreads. What does Conversations with God get? Sex, 4.2 out of 5 on Goodreads, 4.5 out of 5 on Booktopia. So the point is, we have to read these books. Yeah, clearly. I mean, I've read, I've read part of Conversations. It's just the long, it's so long. It's the longest book. So Mm. prepare to be reading for a year. No, audiobooks, Um, audiobooks. We've got to stop using our eyes. They're fatigued. (laughs) Use your ears. <laughs> they are tired. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's but I wild. don't know. I the way I read Conversations with God was I I read it as if I'm reading a philosophical text. It's it sounds off putting because of the word God and like those connotations, but it's actually not very religious. It's very like it's basically like the phil- the philosophy of existence. It it like answers the questions: Why are we here? Um, what are we supposed to do when we're here? What happens when we die? What is the point of all of this? It's like a very existential book, just written in like very layman terms. So whether you're like interested in self, you can either approach it as a self help book or a philosophy book, and it'll be interesting either way. Mm. But for me, what I found most interesting is like this idea that a God came down and gave you instructions and yeah, and like it, he could be lying or he couldn't, but that to me is like, like that's a movie that I would write. Like if a God came down and gave you instructions, would you do it? Why or why not? You know? Mm. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I mean, it really goes against our we're not here to labor mentality. <laughs> God's like, oh, I thing. will labor for the You're aliens. Like, I don't really know. I kind of told the internet I wasn't laboring. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ooh, no, no, no I don't labor timing. for capitalists, but for the aliens, <laughs> bitch, I am their slave. I am your servant. Okay. <laughs> oh my god i will do slavery for any alien like no questions asked how fascinating i don't even know how we got here well i know that's how my brain works just follow the thoughts and it'll take you somewhere you want to go we love that we love that is there even time to do do the jahari window in this episode probably not um i don't know what is it i've actually never done it oh my gosh okay (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you. So basically the Jahari window is this uh, self-awareness tool developed by um, two psychologists, psychiatrists. Mm. One of them. I get them confused all the time. But basically what it aims to do is to essentially let you know that self-awareness is dimensional and it's not that you just are or you are not self-aware. There are elements Mm. of self-awareness that exist and they use a window matrix to explain this. And the window is just essentially a rectangle divided into four quadrants. And so the basically what you have to do or what you do with a, a person or a group of people is you assess each other and you assess yourself. So you're given a list of 56 words 
um, and they are attributes and adjectives like bold, brave, charming, assertive, quiet. Mm. And you take these words and let's say I'm assessing you. So I take these words and I populate it into the window matrix. And so the four different windows, the first window is what you see in yourself and what I see in you. Actually, let me, let me, let me rewind a bit. So hold on. I have the 56 words. And then from those words, I have to choose each of the words I think identify with you. So if I think you're assertive, I'll, I'll tick that one. If I think you're charming, I'll tick that one. If I think you're brave, I'll tick that one. And at the same time, you're also assessing yourself. So if you think you're assertive, okay. you tick that one. If you think you're brave, you tick that one. If you think you're charming, you tick that one. Then after we've, you've, we've both assessed you, then we look at both the charts. And so for everything that I see in you and you see in yourself, we populate in one window. Everything that you see in yourself, but I don't see in you. So if you say that you are um, patronizing and I don't see that you're patronizing, Mm. well, you put that in a different window because that's all you see about yourself and I don't see it about you. If I say that you are observant and you don't put that, you don't check that for yourself, then we put that in a separate box and all the leftover words that none of us picked go in a different box. And so what Mm. we gather by that is if you have the most words in the box, that is what I see in you and what you see in you, it means that not only are you self-aware, but you are self-aware enough that you are behaving in a way um, that other people are able to see is also you. So that's a good thing. Because if we can see eye to eye on who you are, then that means that you are being true to yourself and I'm able to see what you're presenting to me. It's kind of like good communication. Like communication isn't the ability to articulate. It's ensuring that the message you want to share is the message that is received as intended. Yeah. So that's kind of what you want to have most of your words populated in that arena. It's a very good thing. And you just keep going knowing that you're a self-aware person. If you have a lot of words in the window, that is what you see. Okay. So let's say in the second window, which is traits that you've recognized in yourself, but I didn't recognize in you. It means that Mm. you could well and truly be a self-aware person, but you're not very good at communicating the traits about you, which means other people aren't seeing what you're putting down. So let's say in that window, all of your words are in there. You think that you are unique, complex, patronizing, observant, uh, aware, quiet, all of those things. But I didn't see any of that. It means that either you don't really know yourself very well or you know yourself really well and you aren't good at communicating who you are. Oh, interesting. Right. And then in the other window, if I've put all of these words or all of these traits that I see in you uh, and you don't see any of them in yourself, well, it means that you're probably maybe not self-aware or you're just not really observant of how you're presenting yourself to other people, which is a good thing to learn about yourself. Because if I have put 40 different traits in this one window and you haven't put any in there, well, then I'm like, well, how am I seeing all this stuff that you're not seeing? What are you looking at? Right. And then the last window is just traits that just none of us resonate with for you. So basically what we're identifying is 
the areas of self-awareness where one needs to improve because what we find is a lot of people can be very internally self-aware so you might know that for yourself that you are socially anxious or you might be depressed or you might struggle with meeting new people or you might be whatever the traits are you might know it a lot yeah. about yourself but because in social situations you uh, don't express these things then the people around you don't know so there is a level of self-awareness that you do have but in order to be truly self-aware that kind of needs to be validated by the people around you so like right, how do you right. say you're self-aware when everyone's like but you don't notice this this important shit about you it's kind yeah, of like yeah uh stereotypically right fuck boys and soft boys people often assume that a soft boy is really self-aware because they're talking about their feelings they're being really forthcoming about how they feel they are open Mm. and honest and whatever and people think fuck boys aren't self-aware because if they were why would they not be nicer why wouldn't they be sweeter why wouldn't they text you yeah when in reality a fuck boy, what you see is how they also perceive themselves. There's no smoke and mirrors here. Like they know that, you know, they're not going to text you. They know that, you know, that they're coming across as flaky. They know that, you know, they <laughs> right. don't want to be here. That's yeah. really self-aware. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the soft boys who are giving you, you know, the sonnets, the, the poetry, but then still yeah. ghosting you a week later. And you're like, but wait, mm. I thought you were different there's a almost a dissonance between the level of self-awareness. They're self-aware enough to express themselves internally, but not self-aware enough to know the damage they'd be causing by still behaving in the way that they do. And this is why we need the Jahari window. Ah. Because once you can recognize if someone has a low internal self-awareness or a high internal self-awareness, then you can almost... Uh, you can recognize how they behave and um, and almost like the gaps in their understanding of themselves. So like, yeah, I know a lot yeah. of people who have a very low internal self-awareness, but a very high general awareness. Generally, it's men, straight men. I think a lot of straight yeah. men that I know have a very low internal self-awareness. They don't know anything about themselves. They don't know right. why they're anxious. They don't know why they feel a certain type of way. They don't know why they like their, yeah. their partners. I would agree with that assessment. They don't know why yeah. they want to do what they do. They don't know why they think what they think. It just is. But they're really aware <coughs> of the world around them. Economics, people they find attractive, what movies they think are cool. These are all external things that they're very aware of. But the moment it comes to internal yeah. self-assessment, it's quiet. It's like the curtains go down. Interesting. The stage is black, you know? Yeah, yeah. But someone like me, I would say I have a high internal self-awareness and a very low general awareness. I'm not really that aware of what's happening outside of the things that I deem to be important to me at that very time. So, like, if you have a conversation with me, like, for instance, this year I'm so not on the news and pop culture, it's a it's a self yeah. a harm reduction thing. But anyway, so when you're speaking to me and you'd be like, have you seen this? Nah. But you, have you watched this? Nah. Did you hear about this? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. But you ask yeah, me about what yeah, I'm yeah. feeling, I can write a 10-page essay. I felt this, it was triggered by this, and then I went here, and then I felt this, and then I thought this. 
So yeah. with that in mind, yeah. you can now better understand how I'm going to react to things. So like I can be super aware and almost maybe too aware of how things affect me personally and not aware enough of the things outside of me. It's everyone do the Jahari window. Okay. But the thing is, it also depends on who you do the test with, right? So like it's yeah. not very helpful yeah, to course. do it with like your workmate. Say. Who's not really going to see the depth yeah. of who you are and the facets of who you are. But it would be beneficial to do it with someone who you speak with at length often, who has, uh, who would say themselves that they have a good understanding of you. That's the person that you want to go to. Not someone who is here right, to sugarcoat, right. not like your, your best party friend, but the person you feel knows you well enough. And for some, that could be your parent, you know, or it could be your best friend. It could be your partner. Uh, it could be your therapist, mm. but I don't think a therapist is going to use your therapy time to do tests. <laughs> so yeah yeah um, no yeah i think it's super beneficial and also i think what's really good is recognizing how you're coming across to different people because self-awareness isn't like linear that's it it's you know the skills that you display to other people in certain circumstances so like i feel like if i did a jahari window with my mom versus bobo it'd be very different my mom would be like but you know you're so shy you're so quiet Meanwhile, I'm just biting my tongue because I'm not trying to beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're yeah. So no, absolutely. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. So, you know, take the answers or take the assessment with a grain of salt. And I think it's very beneficial yeah, when you and yeah, contextualize, contextualize the assessment as well. And it's best if you do it with multiple people. I mean, it also works in a group setting so you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, get assessed by five mm, people at the same say. time. Um, and then get a more well-rounded analysis of how you are coming across. Have you done it? Have you done the test no. before? I've just researched and written about it a thousand times. <laughs> no. Okay. So we should definitely do it the next episode because, yeah, we won't have time to do it mm-hmm. this episode. But that sounds so interesting. Everyone who's listening, please go do the Jahari window with your loved ones. And learn about yourself. I think similarly to you, I have a high internal self-awareness, but generally externally, I'm just like not (laughs) there. Like I'm just, just sort of like, I'm usually quite uninterested in celebrity culture or like what's happening. Whereas I'm, I'm hyper aware of what I'm feeling and why at any Mm -hmm. given moment and like why I do things and why I don't. Yeah. It's so interesting. Love it. Let's do it next episode. I'm hype. Let's do it. I'm hype. Well, thank you all for listening, for joining us. This has been a very spirally all over the place episode. I've loved it. Uh, Let us know your thoughts. If anyone who's listening has ever had a near-death experience, bitch, hit us up. Can you write write about it in the Facebook group? We want to know. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on all the platforms at Bobo and Flex. The link to our Facebook group is in the description below. And we'll catch you in our next episode. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.